This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the planet in style, full-time, for as little as $200 per person per month. And every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Money Mondays, episode 028. In this episode, we talk SEO and affiliate marketing with Sharon Gourlay. She explains that if you really want to make money from SEO articles, you need to do your keyword research prior to even deciding what content you want to write about. If you want to make money, go find good keywords and then you work out what you're going to write about. We also discuss how the Yoast SEO plugin might be holding back your SEO success. That's the biggest drawback with that plugin. And I think so many people use it, they get stuck in this mindset of like one keyword. The posts where I'm going full on trying to make money from them, I'd use over 100 keywords in them. If you can rank for 100 keywords for an article, think about all those page views, you know. Welcome again to the show. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome. Greetings. Well, this is the news. Yes, it is news time. We are heading off to Costa Brava, Spain for the TBEX Travel Bloggers Conference this week. Mm -hmm. Super excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to meet up with lots of bloggers that we've chatted to online but never actually met in person so this is a great way to get some proper FaceTime and make some awesome contacts much much stronger yeah and we also know that there's going to be a whole bunch of newbies there even though it's only our second so we are still semi newbies but we want to spread the word about our podcast to these guys because we think some of our content would be really really good for them yeah so this is one of the things that we found at conferences if it's your first time at a conference you're like oh we don't want to talk to people who are doing better than us because oh, really why, would, why would they want to talk to us or so we had that when we went to the last one we just like had a few beers and just went and talked to people anyway and it turns out as other people have now told us as well most of these guys who are pretty huge are quite willing to have a bit of a chat with you that's part of the reason they're there oh they're all friendly we didn't have a problem at all and actually some people said they wish more people came and spoke to them because they've like all these people were intimidated they're like no come talk to me I want I want friends. I like friends. So yeah, we like chatting to people. Big bloggers yeah. like chatting to people. Feel free to come and say hello to us if you see us there. Oh, if you please e- do. If you even know what we look like, if any of you guys listening are actually going to be at TBEX. But just remember, wherever conference you go to, don't be afraid to go and just speak to people. No, go up, say hi. They're usually pretty easy going. So anyway, it's going to be great to be in Spain again because oh, I love Spain. Love Spain. Our few days in Seville in March just really wasn't long enough to eat enough tapas to be happy. So or drink enough sangria. Or drink enough sangria. Well, yeah. hopefully there'll be free sangria at the conference. Another benefit. Hint, hint, cost of Brava tourism. Hint, hint. Yes. Another benefit of conferences, the free food and drink does seem to happen. But anyway, so this week on the show, we are talking about affiliate sales online and SEO. Now, affiliate sales is something we obviously make quite a bit of income from. That's a nice revenue stream for us, one of the many that we have. And of course, one of our affiliates, as you probably know, is our sponsor, World Nomads Travel Insurance. So you've heard us talk about them before. And the thing is, we could have been chosen any insurance company, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of insurance companies out there that all have their own yeah. affiliate links fact, that you can sign up for. I think for. every single insurance company has an affiliate program of some sort. Definitely, actually, they yeah. They all do. But we went with World Nomads just because, as we've said previously, we just align better with what they offer and, and what their company is ethos is yeah they're all about adventure they're all about like real travel not just sitting on a beach as a tourist sort of thing we like we like sitting on beaches but i mean we don't just go on package tours and package holidays where everything's enclosed in a bubble of safety we're out there doing pretty crazy things like we went kite surfing the other day we did go kite surfing or almost we went kite surf practicing they wouldn't let us in the water yet. yeah there wasn't so much surfing we went kiting kiting we went kiting being pulled around the sand later 
<laughs> but they offer more inclusions, less restrictions, and a much more flexible policy for backpackers, adventurers, long-term nomads, exactly so like us. So much long-term nomads. Yeah. So yeah, we make money from them every month. In fact, we just are about to get a payout from them uh, of like 300 bucks or something. We just got 300 bucks from our most recent payout, which is nice. Yeah. So that's lovely, as well as sponsorship with them as well. So if you're planning on getting insurance, not only can you help support this podcast by using our link, but we'll also get you 5% discount off the insurance. It does make a huge difference. Yes. So use the link travelfreedompodcast.com slash world nomads and the discount code WN5DP. Yeah, that's right. And you get 5% off your insurance policy. We always travel with insurance. So please make sure you do that if you're going to be hitting the road. Uh, anyway, so today's guest, she supports her entire family now using affiliate sales and through her website. Uh, as well, a little bit of freelance work that her husband does between the two of them. They are making more money than we are. So, you know, yep. we're already jealous of them. Traveling, supporting a family and living a freedom location independent lifestyle. Exactly. Travel freedom. So we're going to ask some questions about affiliate and SEO. Keep listening. Okay, so we're here with Sharon from wheresharon.com and digitalnomadwannabe.com. And she's proving, like many others, that you don't have to be a millionaire to take control of your lifestyle and become location independent. So with a growing online income, Sharon actually cleared over $4,000 last month in March, and about half of that, which has come from affiliates and advertising. We have mentioned affiliate marketing regularly throughout the Travel Freedom Podcast, but today Sharon is going to give us some insights on exactly how she's funding her travel lifestyle through affiliate marketing and SEO strategies that she uses to boost her sites. All right. Hey, Sharon. Hello. How's it going? Hi. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good, good. So where are you at the moment, Sharon? I'm in Penang in Malaysia. So it's nice and hot and beautiful over here. And good food as well. Good street food. Oh, uh, yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> nice. Love it. So tell us a little bit about your various sites that you have, um, a little bit about your background and what niches you're in. I have quite a lot of sites because I have a private blog network. I have four main sites where I earn income. So I have my family travel blog where I write all about family travel. So that's my main site where most of my energy goes into and where most of my income comes from. So that's where Sharon.com. Um, then I have another blog where I write about how I'm earning money, although that doesn't really make any money itself. That's digitalnomadwannabe.com. Um, and then I have two niche sites, which are basically builder around Amazon affiliate marketing and they're both in the parenting niche. I don't give full details of those. <laughs> no, no, we <laughs> understand. Fine. you got to keep those little secrets. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So obviously Amazon is something that quite a lot of people have got into. Uh, obviously, you're probably making more money than we are and some other people are. So we'll ask you some questions about that later on. But I think we're going to get started with SEO right from the top. When we're using WordPress, and I'm guessing you're using WordPress for most of your sites or all of them? Yep. They're all in WordPress. We're using the Yoast SEO plugin. And now this is, seems to be like an industry standard. Is that what you're using as well? I use it, but I no longer use you know how it gives you that green light to say whether or not you sort of pass and, yeah. and all that based on a keyword. I don't use that anymore because I don't. they don't follow the same guidelines as what I do personally. Ah, okay, um, but so. I still find it good for just doing various things on the yeah. site. So you've got your own little system, which is probably what we want to ask you about. If it's not too secretive to get some insights for everybody about what other techniques <laughs> they could be using outside of Yoast to try and improve their SEO. So uh, we put a lot of time into SEO, but mainly we just rely on the Yoast stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, tell us a little bit about your process. What do you do to go and find a keyword and optimize pages to get results on Google? Okay, well, I guess there's sort of like two ways to go about it, right? There's when you already know what you want to write about and you want to find the best keyword or the better way if you want to make money, I think is where you go to find good keywords and then you work out what you're going to write about which can be tricky depending on what you're writing for, obviously. I think the biggest thing that you need to think about, I mean, this is where that Yoast plugin can hold you back, is that you don't just want to use one keyword. You know, I, the posts where I'm, I'm like going full on trying to make money from them, I'd use like over 100 keywords in them. Mm. So 
that's the biggest drawback I think with that plugin and I think so many people use it they get stuck in this mindset of like one keyword when that's very short-sighted you know if you can rank for 100 keywords for an article think about all these pages you know the, the biggest thing that I look for when I'm going out there and looking for a keyword that I think that I can make a, like affiliate marketing in my case where I can make money from is just looking for good buying keywords mm. um, so I think if you want to take this route you really need to understand what makes a good buying keyword so it's things like like best in front of a product name or something reviews you know so like for a travel blog maybe you might go for best suitcase or suitcase reviews or words like that where people are looking for it they're most probably going to be wanting to buy one right you don't tend to google best suitcase if you're not interested in buying a suitcase absolutely mm. Yeah, so they're the types of keywords that you really want. So if I was doing an article, as much as I say you want to go for lots of keywords, you want like one main one and you want to pick something that is a good buying keyword that you can then get like a targeted audience to your article. So that's why I think SEO can be really good for making affiliate money over social media in general is that it can bring you like a good targeted like readers as long as you pick the right keywords. Yeah, now the sort of keywords you're talking about are long tail keywords, right, when you're including like 100 different things in a blog mm-hmm. post. Now, we know from talking to yeah. other bloggers that a lot of them haven't even heard of these long tail keywords. I mean, we've heard of them and we've tried to use them a little bit, although with varied success. So, yeah, when you're saying that you're putting 100 keywords in an article, how do you find 100 different keywords that, and how do you make that work in an article without it being lots of keywords that are almost the same and just sounding like a repetitive article when people read it? You know what? It's a really, like, it's a big skill trying to write an article yeah. to yeah. a lot of keywords and sound natural. And, I mean, I don't always use every single keyword I want for that reason because it is more important to, like, not sound like your article is full of keywords than to, like, use lots. Um, but it is important to use them as, as fish you can. Oh, sorry, I forgot the first bit of the question. I was just saying that a lot of bloggers don't understand exactly what a long tail keyword is. Maybe perhaps, yeah, you could explain a little bit about why they're important, why they work. Okay, so a long tail keyword, right? So the best suitcase, you could have best suitcase. Now a long tail version of that might be best suitcase for women, best suitcase when traveling around Europe, something like that. So you're adding more words basically what makes it a long tail one. Now why they're good is that just they're usually less competitive. So less people would search, you know, like I've not looked up best suitcase, I have no idea, but say like there's 5,000 searches a month on, on best suitcase. Whereas best suitcase for traveling around Europe, you know, it might only have like 300 searches, but there's probably less people have written about it or use those keywords effectively. So it can be a lot easier to rank. So although you might go after best suitcase, it's all those long tails that you have in your article. They're usually the ones that will make you your money, that will get you ranking well because it might just be too difficult to rank for best suitcase. I'm interested because obviously if you've got 100 keywords, you're not going to fit them all in your headline in your opening paragraph of your article. So how do you manage to rank for stuff if you've only maybe used the keyword once halfway down an article? Is it easy to do? And what's the strategy for that? Um, Well, that's why because they're less competitive, often it can be. You know, if it's not used very much, there might be very few websites that have like best suitcase for traveling around Europe, for example. Like I said, I'm making this all up. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it might actually be enough to rank it because Google's also clever, right? So if they know that you've got like, so in that case, the best suitcase, that's what I would have in make sure that it was in your headline, best suitcase. You know, it knows it's about that, so it helps it rank as well. But what you really need to do to go sort of test that is if you were looking at that, if you put best suitcase for traveling around Europe in Google and you look at the top 10 results, if you see every single one in the top 10, you know, has that in its title, then you're probably not going to rank by just having it in the middle. But if you look and you see that no one else has it in their title, you don't need it in your title to rank is how I think about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite a lot of research then, really, for each article. Oh, it's heaps of research. I spent three days, like three entire days before last, researching my next big article. And that's without any writing. That's just keyword research. Yeah. But it definitely does draw a lot of 
organic traffic to your site. What what percentage of your traffic would you say is all organic through Google? Uh, my travel blog, I think it's about two thirds now, maybe a little bit more, but it's going up a lot because I've only because I sort of learned how to do this by working on my niche sites. I've only just started trying to do it on my travel blog, so I expect that to, it's gone up a lot the last month because of the articles I wrote then of last year. It takes like I find three to six months to start sort of really ranking with a new article. Yeah, that's another thing people need to realize is that if there is that time frame, like you're not going to put in a good SEO. Like if you do find like this amazing SEO word that no one's using this keyword and you put it in, you're not going to be ranking on Google the very next day. A lot of people don't realize there is a time frame of, I would say, at least a minimum of three months to get ranking. Yeah, no, probably. exactly. Yeah. yeah. For sure. It depends how competitive it is usually. So if it's not that competitive, three months will hopefully get you sort of okay, but like six months will be better still. Yeah, which is why even now we're finding that articles we wrote six months ago or a year ago are now popping up as being like really popular. And we're like, where did that come from? Yeah. Didn't <laughs> even realize and it's suddenly performing really well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. For sure. Like, yeah. With your niche sites. It's not corroid, this stuff. <laughs> with your niche sites, though, you are getting pretty much all your traffic through SEO. Is that how that's working? All SEO. I don't use social media. I think one of them has a Twitter account. One of them has a Twitter account and a Facebook page, but I put the Facebook page in a fake name and they got onto me if I lost it. <laughs> I wasn't really using it anyway, so that's okay. Yeah, we have heard from quite a lot of affiliate <laughs> Just a warning, man. marketers. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, right. A lot of affiliate marketers do say, like, just don't even bother spending that much time on social media because you just don't get the results that you get with Google. It's just not worth it. So. No, it was just going to be like a fake page to make it look more authentic. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. a page, like so a real page. <laughs> yeah, you know, not one I actually used. Um, yeah, now I can't you, even access it. So that's if annoying. you're not really using it, it's not active, I guess. But yeah, no, SEO is where you want to go. I, I do think it's the best way to get targeted traffic because even if you have a good Facebook following. Yeah, I think we we got to saying that having a, a Facebook account for those sorts of niche sites is not really necessary. No. It's not the essential no. way to get traffic to those things. Let's move on to the affiliate and income side of things because I think we've given some good food for thought on people improving their SEO through looking at long tail keywords. And obviously people can pop on Google and do a search for long tail keywords. There's quite and a also few just tutorials. for having multiple keywords in there as well. Yeah, not just A lot keyword. of people see those ones that it's like, oh, only 10 people looked at that. But if you have like 100, 100 of those that 10 people have done those searches, that's then a that's thousand, gonna... yep. thousand people potentially exactly. coming to your site. Yeah. Which is why it works as a good strategy. You need to remember keyword planner doesn't actually show every single keyword either. So if you're seeing some of those, there's going to be more as well that you'll probably just like rank for naturally too. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So can you sort of preempt and guess what people might be thinking? Is that how it's done? Or is there another tool you use instead of Keyword Planner? No, I mean, I use OnTail Pro a lot, but that's just using the same data. So it doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, like it's no one else is seeing it either. So they're probably not writing those keywords. It will just, it will write articles that are similar. But I mean, what I do later too is I go and look at what I'm ranking for and then try and improve it. Like, you know, to say a few months later, when you're starting to rank, go to Webmaster Tools. If I see a long-tail keyword that I didn't put in the article, I'll add it so that I rank even better for that. I mean, that's quite interesting, actually, to know how you use webmaster tools to find out which keywords you're ranking for, because that's something we should be doing more and we're not. What's the method with that? I wouldn't say that I do anything. You could probably use it better than me. Um, <laughs> but what I do definitely do is every few months, I'll go in there and I'll check what I'm ranking for. And I mean, when I've done the keyword research really thoroughly, there's usually not that much extra than what I, that I already did. But especially for old posts, it can be quite interesting. You might find you're ranking like number nine for this term that you didn't even use. You know, if you then go put that term in that article, you might go up to like the top three or something. And that's a way to very quickly and easily improve how many hits you're getting. Cool. That's good a tip. good tip. Yeah, definitely. And in Google Webmaster Tools, there's just a thing where you can click and see which things you're ranking for. Because we see there's lots where it's like undisclosed. It won't tell you what keywords we're bringing people in because of some sort of 
Are you thinking more of Google Analytics for it says that? Oh, yeah. I am probably thinking of Google Analytics. So in Webmaster Tools, there's a different section that actually lets you see this information? Yes, you can see everything you're ranking for. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to delve into that a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if it hits some of it because that's just like how things seem to work. But like you can see a lot. You'll see those ones that it mentions in analytics. Cool. Well, awesome. I mean, that's a good way to start optimizing straight away on anyone's blog who's already got some stuff ranking. They can improve that ranking overnight pretty much. Can't pretty they? much, yeah. That's great. Yeah, and that usually improves very quickly. It's not like you've got to wait three months for that. If it's already an article, it usually improves like within a month. Yeah, very nice. All right, cool. Some more good tips for SEO. Let's move on to the income thing. Let's talk about some money. Now, we saw on your, your more recent income report for March that your passive income was $76 per day. And also, you've got some other income coming in from freelancing, but mainly, of course, we're talking about the, the uh, affiliate stuff today. So we travel way cheaper than that, and I'm sure that you travel relatively cheaply. So if any blogger listening can earn that sort of money, you're already pretty much on the road to travel freedom. That's sort of what we're talking about on the show. Now, is that just from affiliates and advertising, or is there other things that contribute to that passive income stream? Just affiliates and Google AdSense. That's all I'm including in that. Well, so just about yeah. either Amazon or hotels combined hotel commission yeah wow so i mean that's really that's pretty good just for sort of three main sources you're making already a livable travel income yeah yeah i'm pretty happy yeah i'm not <laughs> surprised I do what we spend <laughs> we would love more passive income we spend so much time working to get our income yeah <laughs> writing and whatever so yeah we definitely yeah. want to try and increase our passive income so i think that's like the thing with me is i've always taken a long-term approach because we only left australia like in december you know, like I already worked for seven months full time on this and my husband earned an income outside the home. So I was able to just take a long term view, you know, and concentrate my efforts on things that would pay off in the long run. But things like freelancing can just be a distraction, really. Yeah, yeah, true, it does true. eat a lot of time up and just for dollars per hour rather than a, a long term sort of strategy. Yeah. And obviously, this is another thing we talk yeah. about a lot on this show is having that time to actually commit to generating a long term income is often what stops people from ever achieving it. They're just too busy working to actually get out there and do it. Exactly. Yeah. And you've got to travel the log. I mean, you know exactly how much it just sucks every minute if you let it. It's hard. Yeah, regular jobs when you're working 10 hours a day, you're never going to get this amount of time that you need to really build this passive income. So that's why we recommend moving abroad with some savings and sort of kickstarting your lifestyle that way. And that's, that's how we started out yeah. and that's worked very well for us. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we were doing. We had enough money for a few months. Yeah. Um, that's my husband being out of work with me as well. So. <laughs> awesome. But I mean, looking at the income reports as well, you've actually grown the income pretty quickly in the last six months. So you've obviously been really dedicated to it. Is there any specific advice you can give for people who are just starting out in the affiliate thing to make a success of it in a short amount of time? I think the main thing is to just really use your time effectively, like prioritize well and really try not to get distracted by stuff that doesn't really matter, you know, like social media. <laughs> <laughs> we do that um, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit of a Facebook addict. But, um, and I guess to really be careful whose advice you listen to. I just, I've been disappointed so many times since I started doing this in June last year by following the wrong people's advice. There are so many people online that just like say rubbish, quite honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've seen. <laughs> yeah, so I guess be really skeptical of anyone. Like, even me, I'm not lying. But, you know, like, plenty of people are. So just really question what people are telling you and make sure it makes sense. Who's your favorite people to read who are giving good advice on building affiliate? marketing income at this point? I don't really read anyone at the moment, I must admit, but last year I really loved reading, oh, my mind's like, I think it's Niche Disputes with Spencer Hawes. And he had like a whole, 
lot of tutorials where he taught this guy Perrin how to build a niche site. I mean, what the problem is at the moment, right? Because even those tutorials, they were very helpful and they helped me a lot and they're still reasonably relevant. Things have changed so much in this space in the last, like just constantly in the last year, it was completely different. And so it's a lot harder now and a lot more work to get somewhere. So when you, when you read things that are just a little bit old, like they're a bit out of date, but I mean, they still have some relevance. Yeah, it's a really fast-paced, changing world, and you've got to make sure you're up to date with pretty much not even what's relevant now, but what is potentially going to be relevant in the future. You've got to almost like exactly. have a crystal ball to see into the future to see what's going to happen. Yeah, all the Google changes, etc., have been made it a lot of difficulties for quite a few new sites from what we've seen. So, yeah, that's kind of why I'm really trying to apply it on my travel blog now. You know, which like hopefully has far less chance of being de-indexed by Google. But I mean, people who've never done any anything dodgy with Google still get de-indexed, so it's like a big fear of mine. Yeah, you just can't seem to predict it. But I suppose we say if you're producing good content and you've got engagement on that content and it seems like genuine organic content, then Google are probably going to leave you alone, we hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you use Hotels Combined a lot for their hotel affiliate program. Is there a particular way that you put them into articles or do you have sidebar ads like what's the best way that you get people to actually click through so you get those kickbacks well that's something i've been experimenting a lot in the last two months so what i'm finding i'm still experimenting but at the moment what works best is i have a lot of destination like well, i have a lot of like things to do this right and what i've done is very well and that i've gone back and i've made them more guides and i have a section that's on accommodation and I'll go research what I think and usually put where I stayed as well, but like put down like three or four hotels that are like ones that I think would suit like me and my target audience. Write a little description, put a link saying click here for the latest prices. And that seems to be working pretty well at the moment. Cool. Yeah, it's just like a single text link rather than a big colourful banner or something. Yeah, I don't have any banners or anything. I mean, to be you know, to, like to be honest, I haven't tried that approach. But um, yeah, the text link stuff working okay for me. It's getting up to about twenty dollars a day this month. I'm pretty happy. Very cool. cool. That's very nice. So these are articles that were already sort of ranking a bit on Google before, or is it stuff you send out in an email list for information to people about destinations? Uh, what's the thing with that? Just my posts that already get a lot of hits, whether that's from Google, or I, I do very well on Pinterest as well. So, but basically any of my posts where I get over 400 pages a month on average, I went and added these sort of sections too. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good Slowly. idea. I, I recommend if you're going to play with this, just start with your most popular posts. You'll see what you can get working on there because it's a lot of work, you know, like I wouldn't go and put put this sort of stuff across your site and be sure it's going to pay off. Yeah. I mean, this is something else I wanted to ask you about as well. If you start stuffing affiliate links all over the place on things, is that going to turn readers off? Have you done any research into that and noticed anything? Um, no, I haven't. I mean, obviously, it's a big fear, but the reality with my travel blog, right, is that it's something like 75% of readers every month, like it's the first time they're on the site. So, I mean, I have less people to piss off, I guess, compared <laughs> to the new ones that got coming in. And at the end of the day, I need to make money. So, as much as I'd love to just, you know, like, People go on about, hey, selling out or whatever. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's a blog if I can't make money from it. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, if people want all this content for free, there has to be some way that you can support making that content. Nothing in the world is really free. So yeah. it's unreasonable that people expect bloggers not to make any money off but that But I think content. if people are coming to a page to read about destinations, I mean, it, it's helpful that it's a travel blog, but it can go with other niches. If people are coming to your site to read about you know, the best podcasting microphones. They want a couple of ideas of what microphones to use. Yeah, it's the you same might as, as accommodation. Well. You're doing a destination yeah. article. They want a couple of ideas of nice places to stay. And just because you're getting a bit of a kickback, I don't think most people matter no. that, mind that much. 
yeah, it seems fair enough. No, I mean, only to my mind is when people sort of try and hide it or something. But if you're being upfront, like, and you know, like, like you're saying, if you're writing like the best suitcase example again, why would you want to go look at an article on a best suitcase that doesn't mention what the best suitcases <laughs> yeah. are, you know? Yeah, it's really helpful, you know? So, like, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't work at all. Yeah. This is interesting. Obviously, you're making quite a lot of money from the links on the articles that you have, but a lot of other people are using email marketing to make money through affiliate sales. Is that something you're doing as well, or are you you're just mainly making it off the website? It's where I'm trying to go. I only just started, I only started in the end of January trying to grow my email list. I had a pathetic amount of subscribers. It was less than 100 likes. But now I'm getting like close to 10 a day new subscribers since I started paying with that and added um, Opting Monster to my site, which I find really good. So yeah, I'm setting up an autoresponder series. Well, there's already an autoresponder series now to try and send people to articles that are really useful and, and quite often have a Bent, but I sort of tried to aim all that in like my email signups and stuff to um, try and target my ideal customer, which, which I've decided is families planning to travel, especially families planning to travel for the first time. So I think that's where there's a lot of uh, affiliate potential, <laughs> and yeah. it's like it just fits how I write. Anyway, I like to write like long form, very informative quotes, so it, it like all matches up. And then all my themes and everything, and my lead magnets, like my giveaways for people to subscribe, they're all about attracting only people to subscribe who are that target market rather than just trying to get like 10,000 subscribers that are just anybody you know I'm hoping that all the ones I'm getting now are all people that are planning travel and interesting in travel with kids and then yeah and then they go through this affiliate series you know about you know like where's the best place to book a flight how you should book accommodation what you should look for you know what should you go traveling with what gear do you need with kids you know all that sort of stuff comes out in the email series then and leads to articles on my site the ultimate funnel the family funnel yeah it's good that's why I hope. I mean, it's all new, so I can't say how well it's working or whatever yet, but like, and I'm only just sort of writing the content as, as the, you know, the people at the beginning get to it in the, in the series, but um, I'm hoping that will be a really good way for me to increase my traffic, increase my commissions, and just like have a more useful, resourceful site. Definitely, definitely. It sounds like you're on a good track there. It'll be interesting to check in with you maybe in six months' time and see how that's all come together. Yeah, yeah. I really hope I drive more then because I think you should never just be relying on one thing, and I... I'm relying a lot at the moment on Google and that's not really like that smart, you know, <laughs> you want to have income coming from different sources. Yep, multiple revenue streams. We yep. talk about that all the time. Really important for anyone, anyone trying to make money online yeah. and just anyone trying to make money. It's one of those things. If you've got one job and you lose your job, then you're completely broke. So having multiple yeah, revenue online exactly. is even better than having a traditional job in that sense. You've always got some money coming in. Yeah, for sure. Which is awesome. Sure. Um, I wanted to ask you, actually, as you do this quite a lot of stuff with affiliates, have you ever used things like ClickBank or Commission Junction, or do you have programs that just go directly to the specific company you're using? All of the above. So I use Commission Junction. That's how I do hotels combined, oh. and some other hotel affiliate ones are through Commission Junction. So I find them really good. They pay once a month, so that makes me happy. Um, <laughs> yes. And ClickBank, I have some affiliates on there, but they're more um, like tech-oriented ones, like Longtail Pro, and that um, one's from Digital Nomad Wannabe. And then there's ones that I have going direct, which I hate. With Amazon as well, of course, so that's a decent amount, so that's less annoying. But then there's lots of other ones where I've just sort of had to go, you know, for a product or something, which isn't isn't that great because it's just like becomes impossible to keep up with everything. Yeah, so with some of those smaller ones, it's sort of not really worth your time getting involved because you're maybe never going to get a payout or only going to get one like a year from now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so. exactly. I'm not sure how worthwhile it is, you know, it's like because a lot of the stuff that I recommend on Digital Nomad want to be, it's just by itself, and you're like, oh, you've got to get, like, so say I get $5 commission if someone actually buys it, well, I've got to get, like, $200 before they give you the money, you know? Yeah. And they just like, huge readership, it's not really worth it. Yeah, then they send you a check, and you're like, how am I going to pay this what in? What do I do with this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like Amazon, why do they Amazon pay checks? Seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, it's, it's some sort of tax dodge, I reckon. Especially when you're Australian, that's very annoying. 
Yeah, it's the same problem to England as well if you're using the US Amazon site, which we do, and we, we've had a check from them and we've got another check coming pretty soon. So, But we, the amount of fees we paid on the first check, we basically turned around and gone, we're going to have to just make it be so much money on the check before we accept the check again. Yeah. Because it was ridiculous how much we had to pay. I've never actually got one because I put it really high. But now I've got it. I don't know if you've heard of Payoneer, but that's it's sort of like a virtual US bank account. You can use for Amazon and they give you a prepaid MasterCard. To get the money out. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just going to get my first payment into there this month, so that will be awesome. They take like 1%, but you know, the check you've got to see anyway, and a lot of mucking around, so this is much better. That is much, much better than the about 15% that my bank took in England when I paid a check in. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Because it was a check and it was an international currency changing to a British currency, they just charged so yeah. many different charges for it. It's unbelievable. So, what was the name of that company again? Payoneer. Payoneer. Payoneer, so P-A-Y-O-N-E-E-R. Okay. Okay, cool. We will add that to the show notes. Yes. And we will probably go sign up ourselves. Anyone else using Amazon (laughs) affiliates or planning on doing so? That sounds like a pretty good idea. Yes. Yes, I'm so excited to get my first payment finally. Yay. Okay, so let's move on to a few more affiliate questions before we have to wrap up. With Amazon affiliates, do you have a particular strategy that you use with trying to direct people to actually click or is it really just uh, back to the sort of going, I recommend this and hoping like hell that they click on and, and buy something, which is kind of our strategy. I do that a lot when it's when the article's not just on that. But if I was writing on like the best two case example, I, I love having a comparison chart. So, you know, we should have like how big it is, you know, how much it weighs or whatever, um, who it's suited for and, and things like that that has a link in the chart to Amazon. Like, so they can be quite successful. So yeah, that's probably the main thing I use when it's that style post. If it's just a recommendation that happens to be in another one, yeah, I just hope people click on it. But a lot of people do. And the great thing with Amazon is that, you know, if they buy anything else and they're on there, you know, I had a $800 air purifier someone bought the other day. I don't write about air purifiers, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, the cookies that they have in there are pretty good. Yeah, we've had some random yeah. stuff that we've definitely never they... recommended being bought. So yeah. we're pretty happy with that. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing all the crap you can buy on there. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I someone I was following with these sites was like, at the very least, just get them to Amazon. Even if they're never going to buy what you're recommending or whatever, just get them on Amazon to get that cookie, you know. Yeah, that's definitely good advice. And then you hope they buy a home theater system or Yeah, <laughs> or a new <laughs> laptop. Yeah, that's exactly Oh, yeah, right. a new laptop. Buy the MacBook Airs. Someone told me they bought, like, someone bought a $10,000 trailer or something. <laughs> I was just like, wow, that would be... Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Pure luck. Okay, well, we are almost at the end, so we have a final question that we ask almost all of our guests because it's very important. It's a very important question. So uh, if you could go back before you started everything, before you started your first blog, what's one piece of advice you would give your past self? The big piece of advice I give my past self is to try and make a job out of it from the beginning. You know, I started blogging in 2005. I had no idea that you could, like, any of this would ever happen. I only started to get serious about blogging about a year and a half ago. But yeah, if, I, if I'd started back then, I just like think it would have been really amazing. I wish I just, and even if it wasn't blogging, just working online or, you know, like before I had kids and it all got more difficult. Yeah. Go yeah. into it with a business mind. I guess get started sooner. <laughs> yeah, and have a business Yeah, seize like, the day, do it now. Yeah, I just, I had no idea that all this stuff would become possible and was even possible at that time for some people. And yeah. I worked in IT then. I could have done something online, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, the regrets. Hindsight's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Definitely got some fantastic tips. I don't know we're going to go and implement a few things right now. But uh, if anyone was going to keep up with you for the next year, the next six months, where are they going to find you and your family? 
online or online, in real life? Online, not personally. We don't we want don't, stalking yeah, you. Yeah, we don't want stalking Tracking you down and going, hello, kitties. We heard about you on the internet. <laughs> it's like my fear. It's probably only a matter of time before they recognize. No, business-wise, business-wise, what exciting things are happening for your blog and where are you going to be? Where can they find you online? Uh, yep, so if you want to see about what we get up to travel-wise, that's all on wearsharon.com. So we'll be going through Europe and more of Asia and lots of exciting things. And if you want to see how I'm going income-wise and what I'm doing to make money online and all of that, you can find me on digitalnomadwannabe.com. So I write regular income reports and some other information about what I'm up to. Perfect. Okay, well, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Okay, it's almost the end of the show. Travel homework. Mm, it's travel homework time. Oh, yes, we're going to do some travel homework to make you some money. Oh, yeah, money homework. Money homework Everyone guy. likes money homework. So, Sharon was talking about uh, a few of the affiliate networks that she uses, like Commission Junction. She gets money through the Hotels Combined websites by yeah. using the affiliate program within Commission Junction. If you don't know much about what affiliate network program is, there's basically a whole bunch of websites online that they bring together all of these different affiliate programs. So, rather than having to sign up for every individual company you've got like 500 affiliate programs all together all in one spot and you sign up to one place and you get one single payment of all the affiliates put together so much more convenient as long as they have the affiliates you want to sign well, up yes, to well yes you do need to make sure they've got the right affiliates for you so for example with trusted house sitters we have affiliate window that's the one they use it's not my favorite affiliate program I think Commission Junction and ClickBank are a bit easier to use, but it just so happens that Affiliate Window has quite a few of the companies that are more useful for us. Yeah. As we always say, recommending shit that you don't align with just because it's in one of those, like if you're signed up to ClickBank and you're like, oh, well, the company I really want to deal with this is someone else, but I'm going to recommend this company because they're already in ClickBank. Please don't do that. Nah. That is the first and quickest way to kill your credibility. So make sure if it does happen to be that they're not in that affiliate thing, just go and sign up with them separately. Yeah. So we'll put the name of a few of these networks that we use into the show notes, travelfreedompodcast.com slash 028 as this is episode 28. And yeah, just go and sign up, see what's in there. See which ones might actually work for your particular niche for your website and have a think about which sort of articles you could put together that you could then include this as a recommendation or how you can fit it into your email autoresponder program. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.